he didn't love Rebecca, he never did. Really? That's the important part? He killed a woman. And you're next, honey. <laughs> Why would she be next? Oh, she's next. Maxim is gonna kill again. <laughs> Welcome to the Books and Bumrolls podcast. I'm Paulette. I'm Juliette. You know when we will get good? Yeah, pat yourself on the back. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we read a book that we really, really dislike, and you can still make a good episode about it. If it's something I passionately dislike, oh, it's yeah. great. It's... When this, you know, this uh, thing yeah. of... Uh, <laughs> Don't even know what to say about it. That True. was it. All right, let's get right onto it. When did you finish the book? I finished it yesterday. Okay. So today we're doing Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. Really, you pronounce it like that? Well, du Daphne Maurier. du Maurier. Yeah. But she's not French. But du Maurier is very French. It is definitely French. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna say Daphne du Maurier. It just so sounded weird to me. Daphne du Maurier sounds weird. <laughs> Weirder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so this book was out in uh, 1938. Yes, between and, two wars. Yeah. And written between the two wars, too. And I think it describes also the 30s, when it's happening. Yeah, it is happening uh, late 20s, early 30s. There's no... Uh, oh, no definite date. Yes. Yeah, no, I mean, not that I remember from the book, any definite... Like, oh, the only stuff that I got that could yeah. indicate somewhere the period is the costumes and the cars yeah. and that. And yeah, maybe yeah. a reference to a war, but I'm not sure. A general impression. Well, I loved it. Okay. Yeah, I loved the book. But the thing is, I'm more interested in your opinion, because me, I, I've seen the movie so much, the Hitchcock movie. Oh. And I knew the story. And I don't remember a time when I didn't know. So I don't oh. even remember my first impression. So I'm really curious about you. That's What... heartbreaking for you. Exa because yeah. I was absolutely stumped. I was expecting a few things, definitely. The mm. minute they, they mentioned the cottage by the sea, I was like, okay, Rebecca isn't that angel everybody's describing. She's a cheater. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. Like from the get-go. Just... Not from the get-go. No, no, not from the get-go. I mean, from the second they mentioned the cottage. Really? Yeah. And they said, like, oh, yeah, she used to have uh, spend nights here and have yeah. picnics. No, it tickled something somewhere. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was... Uh, I really thought that, okay, this is going to be the um, the great discovery by the end of the book. Uh, they're going to reveal that Rebecca was a cheater. But I did not expect the extent of it. Uh, it was something really big. I loved the book. I really loved it. So you didn't expect the extent of Rebecca's behavior? Or you no. didn't expect the murder? I did didn't expect either Rebecca's behavior or the murder, neither. I had a feeling, an inkling that she was a cheater, like from the mention of the cottage and the way that, that they described her, a few words, a few expressions here and there, her incredible beauty, the way she used to go, she does what she wants. Some of mm. these things kind of gave me like, uh, okay. You're, and, yeah, you're weird. You're twisted. <laughs> you know, it takes, it takes a twisted mind to understand another twisted mind. <laughs> Because for sure, they mentioned the cottage in a very innocent way. It wasn't like, 
Anything weird is happening at the cottage. No, I was expecting... I was waiting for the downfall because whenever I encounter a character that's either dead or far away and they're described in such an angelic and perfect manner, okay, yeah, that doesn't work. Couldn't be this perfect. Exactly. For me, again, I don't remember my first impression, but just from this reading because I've seen the movie too much and I haven't read the book. This is my first reading of the book, but I knew everything already. Damn. Uh, Yeah, I knew the murder. I knew... So there is, uh, let's say, three big reveals we have um, we have Rebecca being not the angel that she was portrayed as and we have Maxim killing Rebecca yeah. and we have the cancer I guess is the th- yeah, yeah, biggest yeah. reveal it is yeah. the biggest reveal and Manderly burning also yeah so it that's it I knew all that that's so bad yeah so I didn't Still, I love the book. Still, I enjoy it so much. I think it's the talent, the raw talent of Daphne du Maurier of setting an atmosphere. From the get-go, it's a very atmospheric book, if I can say that. I'm yeah. Not sure. Yeah, you kind of feel it, feel stuff. A bit like um, Edith Wharton. I felt that in common between them is that you can see the places and walk them. Yeah. And it was amazing. Manderly I mean, is so alive to me. It's a character to me. Yeah. It's uh, a... We know the good and the bad about it. Like yeah. sometimes you feel, I would love to live there. And some other times you'd say, oh my God, I'm, I'm glad yeah. I don't live in they this state. They should raise this place. It's it got so much negative energy going on yeah. that they shouldn't stay here. And I really think by the end I went more in that direction with Manderly. You were glad it burned. Somehow. Because I felt they would never be free there. I think it was all her fault. So... Before we go okay. too go deep back. and too far, I just want to give, uh, let's say, a summary, an overview of the plot, because it's kind of simple, and uh, when, yeah, when you read what happens, it's not, it doesn't sound really interesting. But then the psychological subtleties, because it is about jealousy, and then when you see the whole haunting, Rebecca haunting the place, yeah. and not letting the other one breathe or find her place, it's really horrible, and it really yeah. goes deep in that. So, we are introduced to our protagonist, nameless. who is nameless, yeah. and I think it is important, she is insignificant yeah, to herself. She's, she lacks self-esteem to a point where she is insignificant. Mm. So, she, we meet her, and she's in Monte Carlo, and she's a companion, a paid companion, to this uh, horrible woman, uh, Mrs. Van Hopper. Yeah. And she meets Maxim, who's there, who's an English gentleman there. He marries her, he kind of uh, proposes marriage to her out of nowhere. And mm. she accepts because I understand why she accepts. Of course, I kind of understand. Yeah, she has no, she has nothing. She has no one. And she, no, I think she accepted because she thought herself honestly in love. Oh, I think she's young and she's yeah. fascinated. And here's this sophisticated, fascinating man. Yeah, and she knows nothing and no one and have no one. And here it is, is offering her the word. It, she's gonna say yes. Exactly. And uh, yeah. I think being free of Mrs. Van Hopper wasn't uh... very, very good reason. <laughs> she, she must have thought about that too. So then she goes back with him to England, to Manderley, to be the mistress of the house, uh, but she isn't the mistress of the house, and she starts hearing about this Rebecca, this first Mrs. Winter, and she meets Mrs. Danvers, who was the housekeeper, who still is the housekeeper, but not only in Mrs. Danvers, but all the, um, the help, what do you call them? The servants. The servants. <laughs> Oh my lord, what do you call these creatures? Those little elves who do the work around the house? Like I don't do my own housework. (laughs) The people. 
So, uh, yeah, the servants, they all speak of Mrs. De Winter, Mrs. De Winter, as if mm. she, this nameless woman, the second Mrs. De Winter, I'm going to call her the mousy Mrs. De Winter, she is as quite. opposed to Rebecca. <laughs> so the mousy Mrs. De Winter doesn't, cannot compete, no way to compete, just with the souvenir of Rebecca. Yeah. And it keeps going like that. But then, yeah, she has a few horrible encounters with Mrs. Danvers. And one when she, Mrs. Danvers tries to convince her to commit suicide. Oh, man, that was so horrifying. It was horrible. I scene. have a lot of things to say about Mrs. Danvers. <laughs> I know. <laughs> For sure you do. How? Yeah, then there is this discovery that Rebecca wasn't this perfect, perfect woman, perfect wife, perfect everything. No, she was mm. something completely different. And Maxim killed her, and he tells this to his second wife. And what does she do? She stays by his side. And there is an inquiry, because they find the boat that was supposed to have disappeared. You know, she sunk in it, uh, Rebecca, because Mm. she drowned. That's how she died. The thing is, Mrs. De Winter, the second, the mousy Mrs. De Winter, when she moves in, she doesn't know anything. He didn't tell her anything. And that was horrifying. That was horrible on his part. Mm. Yeah, and then there's the discovery of this second body, and then he has to say... That, yeah, he misidentified the first body. It wasn't Mrs. De Winter, so there's a bit of an inquiry, but he gets away with it. Yes, he does get away with murder in the end. Get away with murder, and she's happy. His wife, she's happy that he got away with murder. At the end, Manderley burns, anyway. We don't get the details. I feel like the end was a bit weird to me, because we don't get the details of really what happened. I think Mrs. Danvers did it, but I don't know. No, I'm quite sure Mrs. Danvers did it. Mm. Maybe even with the help of... Not the help, maybe under the instructions of Jack Favell. Maybe, because she... That disgusting slime. That slime. So, this is the story when told like that doesn't sound interesting. Told like that could be any cheap book. like What they called uh, women's literature. (laughs) Which meant, like, not very great literature. But uh, no, definitely Maurier gives it. It's all the style, and it's the yeah. saving grace of the book. She hated it being called a gothic romance. She First of all, I don't see the romance that. part at all. I Where's see a the romance? Kind of a pedophilic thing going on. Where? Oh, oh again. my! Where? How, yeah, should, yeah. Can you ask? How do you ask? Yeah. I mean, if you have a husband who calls you my dear child, please mm. stop. No. My dear child, wipe your nose. Come, come here. Come <laughs> oh here. my I'll lord! Wipe your no- I'll wipe your nose. My dear child. Eat your peach and don't make a mess of it. Oh, he did say that? Yeah, yeah, eat your peach. I and remember that. And he said, uh, oh, run along now. Run along. Oh, yeah, he always told me. Oh, my tell. Lord. It was disgusting in so many ways. Even though I understand a few things. There's this classifications of women. You have either the whore or the Madonna. Like the pure angel, innocent. Oh, right. Or you have the sophisticated, beautiful, yeah, right. and talented, but she's a whore. So he ran away from one archetype to, the, uh, to another, I think. He clung to the first innocent, inexperienced, pure girl he found. And I think I don't think purity can be praised in someone with no experience at all. Because where's the hardship of being innocent and pure if you didn't see anything ever? I mean, the kids are like that because they have no experience. That's why it's unnerving, that it relationship. Is. It is very it's so unnerving. Unequal. I think that's one of the themes, apart from jealousy, that's really principal in the book. The power plays in a oh. marriage when one has absolutely nothing and one offers everything. I don't think there is any way that it would work. But in the end, it got equalized rather drastically. And, and I loved the way that, for the first time, when you feel him treat her in a decent way, just in a de- not in a loving, mm. just in a decent way, just being decent with her, 
is when, as you say, he got taken down a notch. Yeah. I By think... being a fucking murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I think it had to be that way. I think some people do need a bit of slapping around to <gasps> be humbled a bit. <laughs> some people do need some slapping around. <laughs> I did not say it that way. <laughs> and who's the superior one? Me, who's also see. called the help. What do you call yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, there are so many things that I liked. I'm sure you're gonna say that because it's not the first time where it happens where I hate the male protagonist. Yes, you do. But seriously, like, I can't help it. And I think this is the worst of them. Really? Even All worse the than books... Selden? Oh, he's worse than everyone. Mr. Du- Maxim de Winter. I don't. Really... Is a douchebag. Such a douche. Not really. He's horrible. He's been At horrible all. to her all the time. I don't think he was even courteous to her. Not even that. He was never, never felt any warmth coming from him. Not tenderness. And he knows. He ha- he knows he has. She has no one. You know, it's really difficult for someone to be taken no, from. No, I don't think. I don't think that's true. We have many, many scenes, especially at the first. Oh yeah, wipe his wipe your nose, dear child. <laughs> that's endearing. Yeah, that's very kind of him. <laughs> I mean, okay. In all seriousness, we have a lot of scenes at the start of it. Yes, he is absolutely unfeeling and inconsiderate of her situation, being absolutely ignorant of the word he's taken her to. But in some scenes, you see him being kind and sensitive to her. When? Uh, when he took her in that... He's, ve- he's very reassuring many times. And that's the thing. I think she married a father figure more than a husband. Give especially me, oh, at she first. definitely has that issues. You know, I think they said it subtly mm. at first when they said... He complimented her about her name. And she said, uh, my father was a very unusual and special kind of man. And mm. he gave me that name. So we get the feeling that she was really close to her father for some reason. No, she idolizes the... her father because when she speaks to him, to Maxim, about her father. Yeah. And she says that she's never done it before and she would if it weren't Maxim she would have felt that it was kind of uh, talking about a sacred thing and a restaurant in Monte Carlo is not the place for it yeah to yeah, that yeah, yeah. point yeah so when she did it she was surprised at her own uh, behavior so yeah there is that point but I asked you to give me one example okay the first ever time when you really meet Maxim we really hear him speak and he was considered to the little mousy servant but I think you're seeing his behavior first of all in contrast to the gross behavior of Mrs. Van Hopper. No, no, no. They describe that this is what Mrs. Van Hopper does. She describes also the reaction of people. How men would just re- relax in their seats because they realize she doesn't matter. They don't have to stand or show any courtesy. How the woman would get the feeling that they could ignore this little thing. Yeah. So everybody didn't. was... And he didn't. And he was courteous and polite. And I think that... I think at first that gave me a good impression. And in many other ways, when she embarrasses herself or she feels like it's the end of the world. And I felt that, really. Her gauchery, the feelings that she... The, her low self-esteem. It really spoke to me. And her constant daydreaming. I absolutely loved that. And in those moments where she feels like it's the end of the world for some stupid, silly reason, he does help her out. Even though all no, of he that... he doesn't. He ignores it. It's not like he doesn't harp on it, like he doesn't shame her for it, but he ignores it. He doesn't help her out either. He does. When she kind of spilled that uh, that vase on the table in Monte Carlo, he invited her to to his table. Yeah, because and she, was gonna, straight. she was going to stay and eat on a wet table. She Anyone was would do have that. done... She's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> so your explanation is either he's a little bitch or she's not normal. No, no, no. 
I mean, that's kind of a trap because at first, yeah, he gave me too a good impression. You like yeah. him because he behaves towards her in a decent way, not as a servant, although she was in a subordinate yeah. Yeah, role completely. to Mrs. Van Hopper. And Mrs. Van Hopper didn't have to treat her in such a rude manner, even mm. being her employee, she didn't have to do that. And I think him being also an English gentleman. And she was, Mrs. Van Hopper is an American, so I think I'm not, not to insult Americans, but really. there's So maybe he was that extra polite, being an English gentleman, not just any Englishman. So maybe that's why he got up when uh, the mousy, Mrs. the future mousy, <laughs> Mrs. the winter, came. He got up, he treated her with courtesy. But then, after that, everything coming after that, he He treats her with very... Um... I agree. But when does he start being this stranger, dismissive? When they go back to Manderley? The second they go back to Manderley. Yeah. Uh... Before, she really describes their few weeks in Venice as absolutely... Yeah, but I don't As think... discovering a laughing, tender, kind Maxim. Remember... She's narrating this, and I think she is unreliable. Yeah, she's very naive. And she's, so is he. No, he's not naive. No, he's, not naive. Unreliable. I mean, old douche. What is he naive? <laughs> I really don't think it's 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 very simple. It would be very easy to vilify Maxim, but I don't no. really don't think. I think he has a lot of good qualities. He doesn't need my help he to has... vilify. Him. I really help. wish the next book has some good mail in it. I hope too. <laughs> because I really hope so too. Because really, this is not great. He never had enough consideration for her, for her opinion, ever. He never did that. Because, no. you know, he rushed her into marriage. He didn't even uh, give her time to breathe. I don't think she had time to think about it. And the fact that she didn't have a wedding, and I'm sure he didn't even ask the question. Like, no, did she want you. Did she want someone to be with her? Did she? I, I, and I know she has no one. She, she's ignorant of some basic things. And he isn't. And that's why I don't think he's a kind man. Because let alone loving her, I don't think no. he's even close to loving her. I, I think he's not even kind to her. Okay, I don't think that. I think he's... I, let me just finish my... Uh, there's just one detail, for example. Okay. She okay. goes to, back to Mandalay in not so great clothes. Let's yeah, say. yeah, yeah, that yeah. Yeah, in servant clothes. Mm. I mean servant. She was an employee of someone and now she's a mistress of a big estate. And she didn't even have... And she was kind of ashamed of her clothes and didn't feel good about them. Uh, he, he's a rich man that comes from a tradition that understand what a bride is and all the ceremony that comes with it and the fact that she must have had trousseau if she were lucky enough to have like a good uh, real marriage or anything like that. She didn't because she has no one, no one to think of these things. And she was alone. She was married alone. And I know a man in his position knows this, knows that she's going to have a maid. That maid is going to see her underwear. Okay. I agree with you completely into that, but I think there's a deep psychological reason. There's a bit of a defense mechanism, I think, going on. And with him? Kind of a teenage thing of, I want to erase absolutely everything and start from zero. A bit of a childish reaction. On his like, part. On his part, yeah. After the murder and the catastrophe that we really don't know about. We just meet a man that looks tortured and everybody thinks he's grieving his wife. Afterward, we realize he's just dealing with the fact that he murdered her. And then I think he has this kind of reaction, defense mechanism of, I want to start over. 
from zero as if absolutely nothing and he says it at one point I want that everything that happened before that point a year ago to never exist so he wants to erase everything uh, he doesn't want anything to happen now like it happened before he doesn't want anything in common he he tells her to never wear black silk black satin and pearls as in to never become sophisticated and uh, wear good clothes yeah. and to not do the the great marriage and the trousseau and the whole thing because he said, and it's completely inconsiderate of him, I agree with that, but you kind of understand the reasoning behind it, the, the mechanism. No, I get it. If he's trying to erase things, he I is. get it. But then he takes her back to Rebecca's house with Rebecca's things still intact, mm. with Rebecca's servant and devoted almost mother still there. How, how is that not... That is such a lack of consideration. That is almost... That is so mean. That is just cruel. Plain cruel. No, and, and I really think in doing that, in not telling her everything, he goes again in the... I'm gonna erase everything. Here's the new woman. Everything is gonna start up again. The old wing is closed. Oh. We're gonna open a whole new side of the house. And he did prepare the whole new wing for her so she wouldn't have to. So I don't think... He is in considerance in some ways, but I think in other ways, he doesn't really think about her. But in some ways, he is a kind, sensitive man. And I really do believe he's not completely a douchebag. I don't think he has a shred of kindness or sensitivity. He has nothing. I don't nothing. think we ever agree about any male lead ever. <laughs> no, because the thing is, I don't see it. If you're trying to forget things, how could you keep a shrine to Rebecca in the house? didn't really keep a shrine. Her, her room was intact. That wasn't him. That I was, know, I that know. was the crazy lady with the boner. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He, and probably he didn't know about it. Yeah. Maybe he didn't know about it. He really didn't know about it, I think. So either he's insensitive or he's just stupid. Because apparently he doesn't know about many things. How could he not know? He must have. He was married to Rebecca for years. And Mrs. Lambers came with her. He doesn't know what this what Rebecca means to this woman. I think he was why does really... he keep her even in the house? Because she keeps it well. I think that this is the how do I say the, the normal behavior of an English gentleman, like an aristocrat. Doesn't bother with with the... No, they don't bother. They're like furniture. Those people, like he said. Yeah, those people. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Maybe because he doesn't bother with affairs of uh, domesticity, so he doesn't go into the details of Rebecca's room. Yeah, uh, and I think there's something else. I'm sorry, I interrupted you, but I really remembered. It important detail the fact that he and Rebecca played a whole charade towards people and this is very important to him as an aristocrat especially at that time where everybody every great house was crumbling I think it was very important to him he, during his marriage with Rebecca to keep the charade going of a perfect happy couple yeah and there is nothing that justifies him absolutely destroying all her things after no one would ever understand that this perfect this grieving husband why would he do that so I think it goes also to not change anything mm. as in preserving the perfect reputation of the thing I don't think he she tragically to destroy what belonged to her maybe because in the book I don't remember him witnessing let's say the servants saying to the second Mrs. De Winter, oh, but this is not the way it was done by Mrs. De Winter. Oh, but Mrs. De Winter liked it that way. Yeah. I don't think he witnessed it. I think it was no. just her, and her being her didn't say anything. And the thing because is... Because the natural reaction of someone, especially of that status, with the servant 
would be, hey, what the fuck are you talking about? I am Mrs. De Winter. That would be yeah. the normal reaction. I mean, I don't say what the fuck I wished for that for so long. And it only happened at the end. And it was like a breath of fresh air. Finally, she speaks. Yeah, but when did she speak? When he started treating her right. Yeah. Because the sad truth is, all her legitimacy comes from him. Well, of course, she has nothing and no one. And she went in. And Miss. the irony is that Mrs. Van Hopper was somewhat right. About... About Maxim marrying her, she said, like, you don't, you're not really thinking he's in she love with you. Right. She was somewhat right. And she did say that uh, she didn't recommend this uh, fast yeah. marriage. Yeah. I mean, this is a girl who doesn't have anyone. She doesn't know anything. And the, the, the crippling low self-esteem, I mean, you, when you lived it, you can realize how bad it can be. How it warps your reality. You hear things and you think everybody's talking about you or despising you in secret. And I loved it how they, how, how they, she portrayed it in the book. I... You understand that she can't really affirm. She doesn't know how to. The moment Maxim is kind of put down, she feels that she has power. She can help someone. And that's where she affirms herself. I don't think that's the reason. I think his weakened state means that he's not he stopped all of a sudden after confessing to the murder all of a sudden he stopped treating her as a servant because before he treated her with such contempt his wife not contempt at all oh, yeah, what the yeah. hell yeah, yeah yeah dude when not contempt like um absent absent mind. when she was when she was comparing her, herself to jasper yeah the dog. to jasper the dog that's not contempt that's sort of you ignore someone really contempt is yeah, hate yeah when it comes no no it's not hate when it comes to uh, a human being when you treat them like a dog i mean i get it meaning oh she loves to be cl- physically close to him so he just give her crumbs that's what he did all the time. I really don't think so. I think he just didn't consider what weight it put on her. He, he knew. just He just knows his side of things. He just considers his side of things. I want to erase everything. I want the absolute contrary to what Rebecca was. I want the innocent, uh, absolutely ignorant little girl. On contrast to his glamorous, forced, uh, vicious, apparently whore of a first wife. And this is it. He really doesn't consider the weight it puts on her. But I don't really think there is any uh, thought of harming, like no, no, consciously no. wanting no, her to no, be. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean Contempt that. Contempt is tor- terrible. No, 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 no. Doesn't mean meaning someone that doesn't um, that you are so insignificant to him. And she was. She was insignificant. He needed sure. her to be to fill up that hole in his mm. life that a Mrs. De Winter must be, you know, he had an idea of a of what a, kind of a harmless Mrs. De Winter because now after yeah. his experience, yeah, he needed her to be what she was really. But he didn't give her anything. He didn't treat her as a real human being, as a complex human being. And he knew things about her. He knew about her shyness. When he kind of... Uh, he kind of shame her also, and almost in front, I think, of Frith or of uh, Mrs. Danvers when she breaks that. Uh, yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, he doesn't. He didn't do it in a way of uh, yeah, yeah. So Mrs. De Winter do it, so you're dismissed or something. Like he didn't stand up for her in a way that she needed it because being in that position, she was almost the equal of the servants. I think I agree with that. I completely agree. Okay, but you have to consider the perspective of who he is, who he was born, what he was born to. He doesn't know anything about what she feels like. He doesn't know how intimidating. This was home for him. This was his right. He knew where he found her. He knows, but he doesn't really know. He doesn't understand that this is sort of like going to Buckingham Palace and suddenly becoming queen. This is really very far away and he really, I don't think he has the perspective of seeing that, of seeing any of that. I don't think any of us 
do I don't think we can just naturally embrace someone else's perspective or even understand what's going on in their mind. I don't exactly. think we do. So why are you it's, so hard it's on him? It's an effort we make. And it's an effort we make, and sometimes we make it with strangers. As far as just, if if I'm interested in someone, just yeah. interested, not even loving, not even nothing, just interested, I try to see what's going on in their life. Where do they come from? What's going on? Uh, how do they see things? How do they feel? He okay. doesn't make one effort towards that. I agree with that. Do you realize uh, the start is rocky in this relationship you're talking about? You're going to make the effort. Maybe the start is going to be a bit rocky. Yeah. Yeah, a bit slow. This book it happened in the span of a few months. We have a man who killed his wife, who's trying to absolutely forget anything. To get with on with his new one, he must tell her the truth somehow, or tell her some, some of the story. And it doesn't happen until he has to. And I think if the boat incident didn't happen, it would have taken years. I actually get why he wouldn't tell her, because you need to trust someone so much. And be so sure of them. Yeah. And even if the, you were sure of their love, because even if I loved someone, I wouldn't stand by something like that. Love doesn't even come into it then. It's not part of the equation. Like the fact that he murdered someone. And she stands by him. Now he got lucky on that. So I understand why he wouldn't just come out with it right away. And for Masiska, yeah, as you say, it is short. It is very short. For yeah. confession of that. For confession or for understanding to happen. Because he does feel very repentant in the end. He did, and he does say that he treated her terribly. And he was a very bad husband to her. When did he say that? At the end. He did it. What? At that scene, the confession in the library, he, he goes... When she says, I thought you loved Rebecca, and he apologized and said, I've been a horrible husband to you, and I've treated you badly. I, I, don't, I don't remember that. I remember him... I like how you don't like getting caught. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember him being uh, saying that he was a bad husband. He did say so. I mean, I hope he did. Yeah, he did. Because he really was. <laughs> he was. He was a bad companion. But I, re- I think somehow he's a bit irrelevant, because... I think the story really centers... Again, are you going to do me yeah. the Selden thing? He's no. irrelevant. No, I like ever... bitches to take their own responsibilities. No. Because... Oh, in no. This... This no, one, no, in this one, no. This She's a little one. innocent mousy thing. And I'm talking, no. I'm th- I think the essential thing is Rebecca. Don't the ghost so. of Rebecca. Because when does she feel uh, right, full and happy? When he says, the second he says, I never loved Rebecca. When he reveals that she wasn't perfect. All of this obsession, this, not irrational really, this terrible jealousy she was feeling towards a ghost. That you completely understand that that everybody keeps telling her again and again and again. In subtle and sometimes really direct ways that she will never live up to this Rebecca. And the second she feels that this great Rebecca, this amazing Rebecca doesn't exist. She's a fake image. She feels whole again. She yeah. becomes an adult, as she says it, in 24 hours. But who can make her feel that way? C- by confessing murder, yeah. No, Max no, 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 by saying that he didn't love her. Because apparently she has her, her issues are so important that she didn't hear about the murder. She wasn't even listening. Yeah, she wasn't. That was kind of the terrible. The thing that she got from it is, yeah. he didn't love Rebecca, he never did. <laughs> really? That's the important part? He killed a woman. And you're next, honey. (laughs) Why would she be next? Oh, she's next. Maxim is gonna kill again. (laughs) You would know about it, wouldn't you? (laughs) That's all I can tell you. This is the sequel. Maxim is gonna kill again. And the mousy Mrs. De Winter is gonna end up in many pieces. I'll tell you. Oh my lord, why? It's just You know what? I'm a truth teller. 
Do you really think Rebecca didn't bring it on herself? What? Because she cheated on the fuck? No. He's a douchebag. He deserves it. What the hell? Yeah. No. What? She's a ho she's a horrible bitch. No. You go to a man no, I get and it. you I get and it. you tell him I'm going to have a son that's not yours and mm. you can do nothing about it and remember, I'm going to raise it. What remember, the hell? Remember, remember, you're hearing it from the murderer. Okay, okay, okay. We can say that Maxim is an absolutely unreliable narrator, but you know what? I'm convinced that she was an absolute psychopath. Why? She was a sicko. No, I from get one it. scene. From one the very... horse. The horse. I know. Who does that? I know. She's a psycho. She's a psycho. I was doubting before the horse. I had my doubts. Oh, but then from what? The horse. Oh, when yeah. She from made the horse. The horse yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to, if, j not even to, just like that. Oh, next time he'll learn he'll le his lesson or whatever. She, she was a child. She was young. And I mean, she that's was sickness. That's madness. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Danvers was ha very happy about it. Oh yeah, let's talk about Mrs. Danvers and her eternal boner. <laughs> Miss she had a big hard on for Rebecca, and it was disgusting because she raised her. She raised her, yeah. Did you get a bit a hint of abuse? Not abuse. from Mrs. Not from Mrs. Denver's part. From Rebecca's childhood, I don't know. Some ambiguous scenes, like when she described that she was a ten-year-old child and she was walking, and yeah. she was so beautiful that men would turn around to look at her. Mm. And it made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, that. Yeah. And it was Mrs. Danvers telling it. And it was Mrs. Danvers telling it. It was horrible. So I thought that because it is, this is one part I didn't like in the book. Yeah. That we don't get why Rebecca is this evil. We just get, oh, she's a bad woman. I why? definitely agree with you. I definitely agree yeah. with you. I don't like Rebecca being the villain. That's why in my eyes, it's Maxim the villain. It is Maxim, the real villain of the book. Is simply the murderer. And I don't care what she did. I don't find any redeeming quality to him. I'm trying to bring up the co bring back yeah. the conversation yeah. to Max. You are trying real hard. Not get into that. Let's go back to okay. Mrs. Denver's. So yeah, hard on. No, Re Rebecca. Hey, did you I think? think I'm Re sorry, I interrupted you because you said something. Mm. You think the murderer is always wrong, no matter what. Of course. Let's say uh that guy i forgot his name someone raped his kid and kept sort of harassing his child so he killed that bastard is he in the wrong oh because the justice didn't do shit they released him i think on his uh on a personal level mm. for his own peace of mind he was right he was right i cannot mm. think that he can just go on living, knowing what that man did to his child, and he's and he keeps doing. I mean, he keeps yeah, uh, yeah. trying at least. Yeah, he's not. If we take it like, if you see the big picture, so what are the consequences of that kind of behavior? That yeah, becomes yeah. like everyone makes the law. Everyone, you get a bit of a you settle your score with anyone. Would you care at that moment if it happened to you? No, well, that's, that's why I said for your own peace of mind. I understand, like. But it is, I think, a primal level of thinking, which I understand, because it happens to you, you cannot be distant from it. But, let's say, if you are a, a lawmaker, you mm. cannot think at that level. You cannot no, think, you oh, the bastard, he's a pedophile, kill him. Yeah, yeah, I understand that you get... But uh, we don't see the justice system no, being that's... that much of a, an amazing... No, 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 I think it's all wrong. All yeah. wrong. I don't think prison is a, is a punishment, and I think death is a punishment. We yeah. don't know. So the thing is, like, well, that's a whole other debate, but the, when you're saying, like, when is it possible for him to be justified in killing? And I think when we are talking about Maxim de Winter, he has zero justification, and he did it for his own 
mortified vanity. That's all. It was masculine pride. That's all because I she don't kind think of so, wiped... because he couldn't have. He was he wasn't able to get out of the situation. He could have. No, I read about it, and divorce was absolutely impossible at the time. It's the twentieth century. It's not eighteen. No, century. actually, I did read about it, and it was specifically in nineteen twenty-three that a law was passed that only witness adultery could get you a divorce. And it was nearly impossible to get that. And Rebecca says so. She said that... Because I didn't understand why did she say that, that, that it would be absolutely impossible to get rid of her. That this child would grow up to inherit his precious manderly. It was because they played the role so well that there would be no witness, no possible way to prove her adultery. I get it. And he participated in the... He does. He did, absolutely. He just kind of made his bed. But I don't think it would have been impossible if he actively tried to catch her. I think he could have. He didn't. I think... He never had her followed. He never had her... It could have been... I mean, his agent, Frank, could have done it. It's easy, easy. She was spending the night on the estate. It's not even far. I mean... That's the thing with Rebecca that I absolutely hate. And I think, really, if you push things so far... What do you expect in the end? Shit's gonna happen to your ass. You kind of provoke just for the sake of provoking. Just for the sake of uh, showing that you can do what you want. That's why I don't think she's a real character. I don't think... I don't like her as being uh, a villain because, you know, the way... But again, why I like the book being as it is, it comes from Maxim. We're hearing it from Maxim. And the fact that... Like, if I killed someone and I would confess to you, I would tell you that... Oh, you don't know what they did to me. They did that, and they said that, and they berated me. Yeah, I would believe me. your ass. I would be like, what did you really do? Exactly. <laughs> so if I see, oh, I just saw red. I just saw red, and you shot her. You got yeah. out of the house with a gun. Yeah. That's what he did. Yeah, he did. And he said that like, like he was going to frighten whoever, her lover that was with her, he was going to frighten them or something. I don't believe the word of a murderer. And that's what he is. And I think he did it, uh, you know, of course, out of vengeance and all of that. Rebecca, as a character, we don't understand her motives. This is what because I dislike. Because she's kind of described as a crazy nympho. And we don't yeah. understand why she's doing the outrageous sleeping around that she's doing. Just because what, exactly? That's the thing, yeah. This is one thing that I really actively disliked. I would have loved to have some motive some more depth into the character. Mm. But I think maybe it might have been intentional to keep this ghost-like, this uh, sort of entity quality to Rebecca. She's not even human anymore. She doesn't have motives or reasons. She's just a thing. She's a presence. She's sometimes evil to some people. She's absolutely angelic to others. She's she's kind of otherworldly by this point. Yeah. Depends on who speaks on her, about her. You know who I would have liked to have... um... The point of view of Beatrice. Oh yeah. Beatrice is a woman of good sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would Very have earthy. wanted, yeah, if only the mousy Mrs. De Winter talked to her. I'm sure Beatrice would have said things right. And I'm sure if Maxim tells the truth, yeah, we could get the the story from Beatrice. Because Beatrice disliked Rebecca though. But she never said so to the mousy Mrs. De Winter. Yeah. She was almost complimentary, not uh, not overly so as the servants and all mm. the other people on the estate. Uh, almost like Frank, like kind of you yeah. don't know where she is with her. But she never came like in a consoling, like to comfort the mousy Mrs. De Winter, to make her, <laughs> to make her understand that there's nothing wrong with you. You're so much better than her. Beatrice was never, I think, because the mousy Mrs. De Winter n- never complained about anything. Her only good friend was Frank. I liked Frank. You know why I hated Maxim even more? 
in contrast to Frank. Yeah. How Frank was kind to her in a situation where Maxim was present and couldn't even give lend his wife a hand, a helping hand. Frank don't, was of her don't class. Need to love her. Frank was of her class. At no, the end, actually, right. it's a class thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. It I mean, understand. it's not all a class thing, but it's a big part. It's a big part. You have to come from this world. And I don't understand his lack of understanding of her because when she says. Uh, about when she hid that thing that she broke. I think he's the one that says it's, it's something a maid would do. Yeah, he Maxim, does. Yeah, I think he, he does. He, says he did. Yeah. I, I, and yeah. he doesn't understand that she was someone's companion. She yeah. wasn't a maid, but she was a paid employee. Exactly. And how can same. you lack tact to that point? I mean, you, you gotta be born into money and an estate like Manderly. So To absolutely be detached of the real rest of the world. Again, I'm trying hard. Whenever Are you trying... <laughs> I'm trying hard to make yeah. you to rally you. Not gonna work. I Want mean, to I listen have... to reason? <laughs> I have a kinder heart, I think. It's mm. my inner goodness shining. No, I'm gonna <laughs> tell you what. You like mm. douchebags. Why would you say that? Because you <laughs> defended Mr. Darcy. Mr. Darcy Douche... was awkward as Douche... hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You always find an excuse for douchebags. No, so you you're def... just a witch. <laughs> you defended Mr. Darcy, the first douchebag we had to deal with. Okay. I, there's one douchebag I did. Uh, Frank. I didn't say anything. And he's the king of yeah, all douchebags. Yeah, because then you loved Mr. Knightley. Then you had Is there anything the... wrong with Mr. Knightley? There's a lot wrong Those with Mr. Knightley. Are... Do you want to fight, bitch? <laughs> Come on. I'll so, fight you for it. That's not the... The thing <laughs> is, I, I really want to understand. Because uh, as it happens, we didn't choose. But as it happens, we've only read books written by women. That is weird, yeah. yeah. And almost in every book... There is this douchey man character <laughs> that is supposed to be very attractive to the heroine because he mistreats her. And I understand this obsession. I really don't think he's attractive because he mistreats her. He is, he's attractive because she doesn't know any better. She's innocent and inexperienced and here he is, he appears, he's rich and he, she feels like she has never been given any attention. And here he is, an aristocrat who gives her something. Of course she thinks herself in love. And you completely understand it. And from his perspective, I think being born into that kind of money, carrying that kind of guilt and weight, hiding what he is hiding, and the childish mechanism of, I want to erase everything, like this is point zero. And I won't tell her anything because this is point zero. She doesn't need to know anything. And we'll start over and nothing ever happened. I don't think that's what he was doing. Because if it were, he would have, first of all, first thing you do, give Mrs. Danvers the sack. Give her the sack. She I is don't think he dared. And I don't think he even considered her again. No, no, no. She was there. She was frightening. I think because he would say to his second wife, oh, she doesn't try it on with me. Like she doesn't try to uh, bully him. He knows she's a bully. He knows that. He has bullying his house and paying her and keeping her. Because she keeps his house impeccably. That's all he needs from her. And at one point he does say, well, if you don't like her that much, we can give her... The- we can... I know. That's why yeah. I didn't... Uh, in that point, yeah, I know because that's why really one think... of the many reasons I was so frustrated with the, mice, uh, the mousy uh, yeah. Mrs. De Winter. Because... She should have done it. The first lack of respect that she got from any of the servants, especially from Mrs. De Win- uh, Mrs. Danvers, she could have just gone to him, oh, that one? Yeah, I don't want her here I really, anymore. I, I really understand the... It's frustrating. I mean, I understand completely how she's absolutely unable to articulate anything. It must be terrifying. But she does many weird things. 
You know, the lurking, she lurks in her own house. She's a lurker. <laughs> yeah, she does. She's she always hides. in the corner. She hides behind doors. Th- yeah. You hide I- behind. And she found Mrs. Danvers in a very compromising position when she receives her vow. Yeah. She could have gone, if she were any normal person, <laughs> she would have gone into the room, surprise them. Not try to hide yourself. Go on yeah. purpose, surprise them. And try to put Mrs. Danvers right in her place, I back in her place. I think this is really coming from you as a... I'm going to say the word. As a strong, established woman. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? I, uh, I understand this not just from her personality point of view. But add to that the position of a woman coming from nothing. And mm-hmm. having a man give you everything. Where does the, the legitimacy of your position come exactly. from? Exactly. It comes from him. And at no point did he come to her... Because he must understand that coming where she comes from, she if she behaves like a maid, that's but she was that's, almost she one. She was almost a maid. So have some understanding. If, if only he could make her understand that anything that you don't like in the house, change it. And mm. Mrs. Danvers takes orders from you. I know this sounds basic, like she should know that. She just wants to please. And I know that feeling of wanting to please and fucking everything up because of that feeling. But... And you think the... you, you're doing good. You, you Wanting to please is doing good. But actually reaffirming yourself and saying no. And saying fuck off. No, this is not what I want. I understand. Works better. Yeah. But to get to that point, things have to happen in life. But and in her case, what had to happen? I think in her obsessive mind, it was Rebecca. I don't think it was Rebecca. Because, because in the end it was Rebecca. No, because as you say, it was... Him not loving Rebecca. Him it wasn't not loving Rebecca. It comes down to him, not to Rebecca. I don't think so, because all he did was strip Rebecca of her power. And that everything was kind of a t- but where chain reaction. Rebecca's power came from him. Again, as her power, the mouse he misses the winter, would come from him again. But he yeah, only had I, to I love agree. Her. Okay, in that, I think in any relation, before entering any relation, any sane person, and again, that's not her. That's not her. <laughs> yeah, that's completely not her. She's alone, she's poor, she, she she has nothing. There's no way it can be her. But I think any thinking normal person in a real marriage should enter with the thought, what am I bringing to the table? It doesn't have to be material, no. but you come with No, not something. at that time. Yeah. Not at that time. Exactly. Ex- especially not at that time. Especially, yeah. because I think one of the biggest mistakes she makes... She leaves the affairs of the house in the hands of Mrs. Danvers. Exactly. And she listens. She's a bit of an idiot also. Yeah. <laughs> she li- she listens to her with the horrible scene at the bar. I know. I know. Oh, oh, why must can every you... book have a scene that cringing? Oh, Lord. Even if they should not take it. I couldn't take it at all. And I felt something was coming. Actually, it was so bad, I stopped reading for at least half an hour. Oh. And I went and did something else. When you think about that scene, what he did, shouting at her, yeah. she's a newcomer, again. She's a new... If you, only, if you are obtuse to the, point of, to the point of not understanding anything, just remember this, she's a newcomer. I agree. Makes you understand? She's in a room full of people she doesn't know. It's your family, it's your friend, not hers. I can understand the emotional, horrifying response of seeing whoever I killed getting down the stairs right down to me. I'll give you that. How about what happens later? What happens later? What does he think? Because oh, he yeah. doesn't come up he to her. Disgusting. Who yeah. does? Beatrice does. Beatrice, Beatrice yeah. who's a normal person. Mm-hmm. She comes and tries to help her out. Because she understands this woman, again, has she no one. Know. She breaks my heart. And yeah. he doesn't. And what does he think? That she did it on purpose. Yeah. He's a, he's a sick fuck. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Do you know half the episode was about his ass? Can we please move <laughs> the fuck on? Okay, okay, thank you. What do you want to talk about? 
Let's go to Mrs. Danvers. <laughs> I knew it. What's, what about Mrs. Danvers? Okay, let's call Mrs. Danvers what she is. An old lady with a hard on. A year-long so, hard on. Do you think they were like a sexual connotation to her relationship? Oh, extremely. I think... Extremely? From, oh, yeah. The way she, she fondles her underwear. Yeah. And then she she handles her slippers. And she the way she talks about her and she sniffs her thing... It was disgusting all over. And it disgusted me even more when you learned that she was with her since she was a child. Oh, maybe that makes you understand how could a woman as strange as Rebecca exist if she was almost the product of that demented old bitch. Kind of uh, a worshipper at her feet since she was a child. Of course she's going to grow absolutely twisted. But also, if you add the sexual thing that we don't know about, because I don't really fully understand what's going on there, because at some point... She says to uh, she says to them all, I think in front of um, not the judge, Julian, oh yeah, the, his, uh, the magistrate of the county, the magistrate. yeah, in front of him, and she says, oh, like she was just having a bit of fun with you, man, yeah, and I remember her coming back and laughing, dying from laughter, like laughing at you lot, yeah, and she's talking about men. Yeah, kind of yeah, strange. She did. She did that a lot, actually, when she said... In another instance, she said something like she didn't care about men at all. She hated... She despised them all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think there was something going on there. The way she talked about some of the horrible things Rebecca did... Oh, the horse. As, uh, the, the horse shocked me. The horse absolutely yeah. broke me. Then she said she cared about nothing and no one. As if it was the best thing a woman ever did. <laughs> yeah. Like, what in the name of fuck? Like, this is a psychopath woman. This is someone without empathy and you're happy? Like, what's going on? Some some things they say, like, she used to come and lie down with me and she used to let me brush her hair for hours. Mm. Okay, okay. There is <laughs> strangeness going on and it's not a, a mother-daughter relationship at all. It's twisted. It's twisted, yeah. definitely. I think there is a lack in the background of Rebecca. We know that she has breeding and all that, so she must come mm. from the same class as so. uh, Maxim because... Um, his grandmother loved her, so she loved her because she said she has beauty and intelligence and breeding. So she must be from the same milieu. Otherwise, I think his grandmother would have found any yeah. objection. And maybe she, that's why, because of her class, that's why she fooled many people. Because she behaved in a very lowly manner. Uh, as, you know, when uh, this mousy Mrs. De Winter saw her cousin, uh, mm. Favelle, yeah. she, she couldn't believe that Rebecca's cousin. Because she imagined her being some kind of princess, I don't know what. Exactly. And yeah. you imagine that she's, she is a favelle, just hidden under the right uh, varnish. Right. But we lack background, really. We don't know because Mrs. Yeah. Danvers raised her, so who are her parents and all of that. But since Rebecca is kind of, as you said, kind of a ghost. Yeah. Uh, but even the mousy Mrs. De Winter, we know nothing about her. I think it was intentional to make her oh, really definitely. insignificant. Just the fact that she has no name. And that you dubbed her the mousy Mrs. Deventer. <laughs> Poor mouse. The whole thing is a success. Like, whatever yeah. the writer, Daphne Dumoyer, wanted to do, she did. She achieved. And I think it was when you realize why she wrote that. Why? And where the story comes from. Well, it's something that actually happened to her. Oh, I read that, but I wasn't sure because uh, no, it her was actually in her yeah had the, a fiance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That absolutely haunted her too. And she was, she jealous. was jealous of her for the rest of her life, for the rest of their marriage. The parts that are really loud and clear in the book, yeah, are this obsession with the mousy Mrs. De Winter with the first Mrs. De Winter. Exactly. That's uh, the fact that uh, when she sees because she's dead. 
So you can only see what, what belonged to her, the object that she used and mm. she loved, and her morning room, and her menus, and her cards, yeah. everything that belonged to her, and the flowers that she planted. All of that becomes so... It acquires such significance. And you see your own incompetence. She doesn't exactly. know how to compose a menu. She doesn't know how to write. Yeah. Oh, she broke my heart when she was like they told her that Mrs. De Winter used to write letters in the morning. Oh, and she didn't have anyone to write. Oh, to. and she thought about Mrs. Van yeah. Hopper. Oh man, and that she was hated horrible. her. She, uh. <laughs> that was horrible because you feel what yeah. she doesn't have one friend. There is no one. There is no one. She just wants to live up to the two people's expectations. She wants to find her place. She wants to grow up, and she's so very eager to grow up. And this is a feeling I think anyone can understand. This sort of eagerness of wanting to be an adult, sophisticated, well-put-together adult. Especially if you're kind of a frumpy. If you're not. Yeah, frumpy late teens or early 20s. And you can feel like some sort of idealistic image just out of reach. And you want to go there. It's it's a feeling I think everybody goes through. It's greatly portrayed. I loved the book. I really loved it. Uh, although I don't, it's not exactly the style that I like. Don't describe leaves to me, like snow <laughs> or rain or shrubbery. Don't give a fuck about shrubbery. <laughs> but in this case, it did set the atmosphere. Manderley did come alive. Yeah, 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 but it was too much to my taste. Yeah. It, and sometimes it really goes on. Maybe it's gothic. Oh, it's definitely gothic. gothic that you don't like, I mean. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, 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 yeah. definitely gothic. And actually, um, I, I read, but I know that definitely Dumaille denies it. That it is a retelling of Jane Eyre. I think it's sort of a common theme to take on. And I think it wasn't. The jealousy was the principal study in there. That's what I got from it. I wasn't really interested about the murder stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was... It's not that interesting. Plus, now that I think of uh, Jane Eyre, all the f- stuff that Rochester tells about his... Uh, you know, the story that he tells Jane Eyre about his first wife. Yeah. Same thing. You don't know. He calls her a mad woman. He says that she did this and that. Same thing as as Maxim. Yeah. Th- that's why I was looking for points where someone else would say the same thing. I did have the same sort of uh, doubts. Guarded but, feeling. Yeah. Like, oh, is she like that? Or Maybe. is this the murder yeah. story? Was she just, just an, a woman that was... Too free. Or maybe, um, uh, maybe Maxim is so horrible that she had to go. Yeah. Look, because apparently, look for... it looks like their marriage is kind of sexless with the mousies and Mrs. De Winter. Thank God for that. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> because daddy. Oh no! But he's not that ancient. He's in his forties. No, no, and, uh... he's not ancient. He's just the thing that was going on. I am happy that we kind of get the sense that it was sexual just later on. I'm not sure, but. Sexual, yeah, but yeah, there is a bit of passion that comes on yeah. after the revelation of uh, him being a murderer. Great, <laughs> great, amazing, love it. I know. Anyways, <laughs> I know it's gonna happen in the sequel. Oh, Lord, give me strength. <laughs> Little Mouse is gonna be cut up. Anyways, Tiny talking pieces. about Rebecca. <laughs> talking about Rebecca, for me, the horse solidified every horrible feeling. I mean, if you do that, you're sick of You're an absolute sick, sick yeah, yeah. person. Plus, uh, there is also incidents that you can, if you are the mousy Mrs. De Winter, I would go check up on that, if it's true. 
that she came on to uh, oh, yeah. Frank and that she came on to Giles. Yeah, her both of yeah. them. My so Lord. if she really did that, and this you can check if Maxim is lying or not. Yeah, this is completely vicious behavior. Oh, and talking even, about... Sorry, yeah, go on. Even to Mousy Mrs. De Winter. She says something that uh, at the start of the book... She said that there is nothing so degrading, I think, as a failed marriage, even to her at the time. Yeah, but I get that, because I think she loves him. I think her love is true and strong and real. Real, really? Oh, I think so. I think it's puppy love more than anything. She doesn't know puppy love. Oh, but so uh, a teenage crush. I don't think it's a teenage crush because after that, even after when she feels yeah, like she's grown up very fast, yeah. uh, the fact that she stays with him after uh, having yeah, no, and you know everything. what? Even before the murder incident, <laughs> the murder trifle, <laughs> because that's all he did. Yeah, <laughs> it's nothing. Even before that, when he shouted at her at the ball, after that she was just. I think she was thinking to herself, like no one, nothing would matter if only. I knew that Maxim was alright. Really? Like she kind of put aside her her frustration, her feeling, her her yeah. pain, and thought if only he would be alright, then I then I can deal with anything. Just make him be alright. That kind of devotion is uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, not true. to be yeah. found. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, if someone shouts me, I don't care if we're together for for twenty years. <laughs> oh my lord! Yeah. No, for real. Uh, so, uh, is there something you wanted to add, or...? Uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about the daydreams that she has. Yeah. Pages and pages of imaginary situations, and she lives them so deeply and sincerely that she reacts in in real life to them. What's your favorite? Damn, I adored that. What's my favorite one? I think when she was imagining herself to be Rebecca, I think. Yeah. Yeah, she was imagining what Rebecca would do, and she put herself so well into her shoes that she got such an expression on her face that, that Maxim saw it. Yeah, saw the Rebecca in her face. She was acting. She was acting in real life. I love that she has like a whole host of characters and people living in her because head. Because it is. That's why it speaks to us. Because it's true. We yeah, all it do is. it. We all do it sometimes too. It has a name, you know. Daydreaming. No, oh. maladaptive daydreaming. It's oh. recent. Like they put a name on it and it's a whole condition <gasps> yeah so we are sick people we are every <laughs> last one of us i always wondered like is this sickness is this really bad because to live that much in one's own head mustn't be sane somewhere yeah. <laughs> like there must be a problem but then you just like yeah i think it just depends to what amount you're doing it not on the amount i think the intensity yeah, if you start acting. Yeah, if you start acting. <laughs> acting and, out I, things. I think it's it happened to me. Like, really? Or sometimes tears from something I imagined. <gasps> you cry about something you imagined. That is so yeah, crazy. I know. It is ma- madness, I tell you. <laughs> I told you about that uh, thing. Like, you imagine a whole dispute, confrontation. Like, you imagine a confrontation. I told you about it. Like, I go on. Like, you, you tell me something. And it's really banal. It's benign. It's nothing. It's yeah. nothing. But I build it up <laughs> in it my head. And I think, like, you just dismissed me. And instead of telling you, why did you just dismiss me? I go on in my head and then I start a whole fight. And then I go to you and I go to you with the conclusion. Like, out of nowhere. And I just tell you, like, no, I don't want that drink. That's all I did. Oh, she doesn't want to drink. Oh, she doesn't want all my drink. Oh, she thinks I don't know how to mix a cocktail. That's what she thinks. That's what she thinks. She thinks I'm nothing. She thinks I'm a tramp. I'm a tramp. You're a tramp. 
And you'll, all you'll get from all of this is your tramp. I don't want to drink. What's your tramp? And it must happen like in a few seconds. It's like long hours in your head. But in reality, it's just like a spread of a second. That happens. Yeah, it did. So, uh, are we done with this book? I think we are done. Very satisfied and done. Yeah, uh, we enjoyed it very much. I cannot wait for the movie. Me Next too. week. And we'll see you then. That's it.